I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Tori. Tori is a mom of two from Calgary, Canada. In this episode, we will hear about her two natural birth stories. Her first ended up being an unplanned home birth, and it went so well that the second then became a planned home birth. Her experiences led her to write a book called Ready to Unpop, which aims to normalize the less popular practices surrounding birth, including home birth, doulas, and midwives. Curious about Tori? Find her at readytounpop.com. Hello, Tori, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Hi, Anna. I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you all the way from Canada. I know you're there on a Sunday afternoon and I'm here in the early Monday morning in Australia. And yeah, it feels like you're ahead of time. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> I mean, tomorrow in the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so glad that you're here and I can't wait to hear about your two natural birth stories. So let's begin with the first one. I know you've had a baby around, was it four years ago that you had your first? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I wanted to say even long before I ever got pregnant or was thinking about having babies, I was lucky because I had a close friend of mine get pregnant and she was the one who introduced me to um, having a midwife, for example. I even like, I went with her to a couple of her midwife appointments 
her midwife left a big impact on me. She was a very interesting lady from the Yukon, which is like far north in Canada. She had, I think it was six children and she had even had like an unattended birth of twins at her own home, like just her and her husband. And I was like amazed by this woman. Like I was like, wow. Wow, an amazing <laughs> woman. We need to get her on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if I, <laughs> I'll see if I can track her down for you. <laughs> but yeah, she was incredible. And um, yeah, it just like opened my eyes to this world that I really didn't know about. Because in my own little circle and my family and people I knew, I didn't really know anything other than hospital birth for sure. And, you know, epidurals seemed very, like, a normal thing, maybe a, a a desirable thing. And, yeah, that was my experience up until then. So this good friend of mine, Sarah, she, yeah, she started me in on this. She had a beautiful home birth and uh, positive experience. And it just, that was what kind of planted that seed in my head. So fast forward years later. And we decided to consciously conceive and um, get pregnant. And right away, I knew I wanted to have a midwife for sure. And I was hoping for maybe a home birth or possibly going to a birth center. And it was quite the journey figuring out the location. Because for starters, uh, talking to my partner, he was like not sure about anything but a hospital. Like he thought aren't all babies born in a hospital? Like that was his understanding. Like he didn't even, he didn't know about other options. And then same, like other people in my family were kind of like worried, you know, they're concerned. They're, you know, would a home birth be safe? And I think a lot of people have those concerns. Mm, Absolutely. It's quite common. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny, but for my partner, what ended up happening was, um, well, we, we had, I got him to watch, um, there's a documentary called The Business of Being Born. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably heard of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was great because like once he watched that with me, I, I saw it really opened his eyes. Mm. And he said actually to me, like, thank you for making me watch this because I had, I had made him watch it. It wasn't like something he was really keen on. But I said, like, you got to watch this with me and then, you know, and then see how you feel. Um, but even after that, we still decided we were going to go to a, a birthing center. So it was, it's like a, a freestanding center. Um, they've got, you know, big tubs and stuff. So you can have a water birth if you want and whatnot. So that was our plan. And it was kind of a way to sort of appease everybody. Like for, for whatever reason, they felt a little bit more comfortable that it was a birth center and not our house, even mm-hmm. though they all the kind of it's you you have access to all the kind of same things that you would at home there so it was kind of funny but uh, it turns out that um after all that plan we talked to um our well my family doctor at first and she said I was not going to be able to have um anything outside of the hospital just because I have a pre-existing condition mm-hmm. which is arthritis and I was really surprised. I thought that sounds odd because it was, you know, all my symptoms were managed well out of control and I didn't see how it would interfere with the pregnancy or anything. And it wasn't until halfway through the pregnancy when I actually learned that she had misinformed me. Like she had told me it wasn't possible and she had referred me to an OB, but 
the OB was the one who let me know, actually, you can apply to have a midwife if you'd like, and mm. there's like nothing stopping you. And so, yeah, we kind of we went in all these circles, like thinking it was going to be at a birth center, then it was definitely going to be in a hospital, then we were back to, okay, now we can get a midwife. So it, it was halfway through the pregnancy, mm. and I got on board with these great team of midwives, and uh, yeah, we were planning for the birth center. And so fast forward to when it was time, baby was coming. <laughs> it was, yeah, a few days after the due date. And I, I was, uh, I had just laid down to go to bed and I started to feel like some crampiness and I thought, okay, this is definitely, something's happening here. Mm. And things just started moving really quickly for us. Or, yeah. And uh, it, uh, it was like, okay. It, not long after that, my water broke. It was like a big gush. Like there was no question for me because I know some people, it can be different, right? But oh yeah, it's so different for each woman, isn't it? Mm. It is. Yeah. No, this one was like no question. Like the water broke, and so I was like, okay, this is happening. So no more, no more lying in bed. Like I thought, let's turn on the lights. Let's get up. And I called a few people, and um, I had my my mom and my sister come over to our little apartment and then I had hired a doula and so I called her right away um and she yeah showed up not not long after and the way it was all going it was funny because the way people prepared me was that you know labor it's going to take some time and it's gonna you know so you have to be patient and you have to I don't know, pace yourself, I guess, because it's likely that it's going to take some time. There's, you know, this process that has to happen. And so things are getting quite intense for me, but in my mind, I still thought I'm nowhere near the finish line. Yeah. And so I always kind of had kept that in my head. Mm. I kept thinking, oh, there's got it, you know, there's still a long ways to go. And so, but it was, but it was feeling quite intense. So we did end up calling the midwife and that was a really good call because um yeah we just said you know things are getting like they're feeling strong these contractions are feeling quite intense and and luckily she said I'm going to just come to your house and check on you and then we can decide if it's time to go to the birth center or not so when you say this so you said you go we went to bed you started niggling and then it got stronger can you just tell us a bit of the time frame that you're talking around Absolutely. Yes. So um, I went to bed around, I think it was around like 11 or 11.30 PM. Mm -hmm. And I think it was around 2 AM that my water broke. So in that time I had been already, I was trying to keep resting. I was trying to lay in bed and just keep resting through the contractions, but it was not long before I was needing to sit up for them. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was that uncomfortable. It wasn't the kind of thing I could really relax with so water broke around 2 a.m and that's when I called everybody my support team and then I think the midwife said I'm going to come to your house and check on you that she probably showed up around I want to say like just before 5 a.m and my son was born just before 6 (laughs) a.m so my midwife showed up just to check on me thinking that we weren't you know, close to the end yet. 
but she said, yeah, you are nine centimeters and I think this baby's going to be coming really soon. How would you feel about having a home birth? <laughs> and I was completely fine and happy with that. I was just like, yes, there was no question in my mind. I didn't feel like worried. Like I didn't think, no, no, we need to get out of here. We need to get to the birth center. It all felt really safe and comfortable for me. I think especially because my midwife was there. Mm-hmm. I think if say the baby had started crowning or something, I might've been like, oh, where's the midwife? But, <laughs> but I knew she was there. She had all her equipment with her in the car. So, so she had kind of said, how would you feel about having home birth? And I, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Um, everyone else, you know, my partner, my mom, my sister, I think they were a little bit more freaked out. They were like, this is happening, you know, but sure enough, everything went so smooth. My, like I said, my midwife had her stuff in the car, so she just went, got her bag and brought it in and we kind of got all set up with some towels and things, um, just for any, you know, catching any fluid blood or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was, we had everything we needed, even though that we had the, like no time to prepare. It was just, it was quite simple, actually, the way it all came together. And um, yeah, so it was not long after, like about an hour after she arrived. I think I spent about 20 minutes pushing and my son was born and it was on our bed in our apartment. I'm sure my neighbors heard me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, because it, I mean like yeah it was close quarters but um that's just where it was going to happen and that's just that's what happened there was no really stopping it it was it was great and did Um, you do most of your laboring in the bedroom during that whole night and yeah yeah mostly I'd kind of been leaning over like a birth ball at one point like in our living room and then, yeah, I just found I wanted, like, the bed was a comfortable spot for me to be. And I would kind of, I remember I'd kind of lay on my side between a contraction. And then when I felt that coming on, I would get on my, like, hands and knees, kind of. And it, so you just kind of get into a ritual. That was mine. I just, I kind of go from my side and get up. And it was, it was very smooth. Like, it was all, it felt, um, I felt like I knew what I needed to do. My doula was wonderful. Um, a lot of people I find that I talk to don't know what a doula is. They're like, is that like a midwife? You know, like a lot of people mm. aren't familiar with it. Um, and I can't say enough good things about doulas because it was just like she was just so supportive. Um, she would really, you know, she would trust me if I felt like this is what I needed to be doing. And I found for me with having her there, it was her verbal cues. So just hearing her say things to me, it was just these little reminders. Um, Like after I'd have a contraction, she would just say, okay, now blow it away. Like, like be done with it. And that was really helpful. Mm. It was just like those like little words of encouragement or like relax your jaw, you know, Mm. because she could sense I was tensing up. And this is one of those things I want to tell people if they are considering a doula because I have had friends ask me about it and say, like, is it worth the money? Like, they they see it as a big expense. And I'm trying to explain why it's so worth it because I really do feel like it's so, Mm. so worth it. And I do feel like she filled a spot for me that 
even though I had my mom and my partner and my sister there, she filled a, a place that they couldn't have filled. Yeah. Just because yeah. she just has that different understanding mm. of labor and birth and yeah. um, seen a broad spectrum and like knows how to recognize different things and yeah. and also just not having that like really um, strong attachment to you because I think the people mm. who love you, they want to see you not be in pain. Yeah. And a doula, it's like that more, it's a more professional relationship. Mm. Even though, even though my doula happened to be a friend of mine, (laughs) but I, I always say that as soon as she kind of came into my labor space, it was a very professional relationship. Mm. Like it didn't feel like a friend of mine, not in a bad way, it's just Mm. in a good way. It felt like she was really like doing her job and doing what I I needed her to do. Yeah. The good thing about having a doula is that they can be that centered, calm person that really embodies trusting birth. Mm-hmm. Where yes. maybe mama, you have a first time partner and a first time, you know, um, grandmother to be, you know, or, or whatever. And yeah, they, yeah. you know, they might not have been to a birth before, just like yourself, and so can't really hold that safe space in a sense. Maybe I mean I'm not saying they can't. Some are amazing. I've seen some amazing partners be the best midwife or do like you know. But mm-hmm. um, generally, they might also need support. They might also need someone there who really trusts birth and a woman's ability to birth and can hold that space for them as well. And so they feel that they can relax and they can just be there for you. Um, they don't have to take responsibility somehow. Um, you know, they don't have to figure things out for you kind of thing because that's either the midwife or the doula does that. Some midwives, obviously, especially independent midwives, can be very much that in-between place of being quite doula as well, very much that kind of supportive, emotional support as well. But Yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah. I've seen them step into that um, mm-hmm. too, but it's really um, the doula really takes that on as their job, right, to support yeah, the mother. Totally. Yeah, And, yeah, it was just a great great thing to have and yeah I, I agree with what you said and I I could see like when like having my mom and my sister there I sort of viewed them as like they were there for moral support and also just to act as a witness kind of mm. which I was happy about like to be there for that special moment but there wasn't so much that they could really do for me mm. um except just you know just be there like hold mm. my hand rub my back and just kind of be there and like kind of watch it all unfold. And it was great. I, I'm really happy that I had them there. Yeah, it sounds like you had a really loving support team around you that made you feel really safe. Yes, and that's one of the reasons, um, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why I didn't want to be in a hospital because they limit how many support people you can have. And I wanted to have who I wanted there. I didn't want to have to choose between them. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I didn't have like a a packed house or a big full room but I had who I wanted there and that was really meaningful to me mm, I love that so let's go back to the actual birthing of your baby so you said that it took you about 20 minutes to push can you talk us through the sensation how did you experience that did you feel like there was a big difference between the labor and then the actual birth sensation yes yes there definitely was um so what happened with me because because the baby was coming sooner than we all expected. And um, the midwife was um, 
supposed to give me some antibiotic um but and you're supposed to administer it like an hour before or at least an hour before the birth if you can <laughs> really four hours but yes do you talk, yeah, are you okay. talking about, you're talking about um <laughs> gbs you were gbs positive yes yeah, so, yeah mm. so that's what it was for so we we had that like antibiotic mm-hmm. ready to go and <laughs> trying to get that in me and what happened was I was I was just started feeling like I really feel that urge to push so there was no question about it like there was no me wondering or waiting for someone to coach me I was like this needs to come out <laughs> and uh to the point that even my midwife was saying like can you wait like can you hold try to hold off and there was no holding off you know I, I tried just for like a short time and uh so so if anyone kind of yeah wonders like how will I know if I'm gonna need to push or your body definitely tells you like when it's time, when it's ready. Like, and it, it's my belief that once they're ready to come out, there's no holding them in. It's like, there's, there was no question in my mind. And I, I experienced it as my body was doing it like involuntarily. My body was just pushing. It wasn't me trying to do it. And so that's how it happened. And it was just, um, yeah, just a short time. It was really short. And how did you work with that? Did you just naturally allow that to come through you? Did you resist it at any point? Did you use sound or breath? How did you work with it? I um, try to remember for the actual pushing. I know I used a lot of sound during the labor. That was really helpful to me just with the contractions, just moaning and and just like letting the sound out and not holding back on that. And um, for the pushing, I don't recall as far as like sound or breath goes. I just kind of, I remember my midwife said like, what position do you want to be or where do you want to be? And I was, I wasn't prepared for that. I, I just said like, I don't know. I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> I think because it was all happening so fast too. So I just say like, I was just, on the bed still I didn't I didn't get up to an all fours or anything so I I was on the bed on my back which is funny because I I always tell people (laughs) the back's probably not the best place but (laughs) that's where I was for the first one and it was fine it was just that I I just kind of froze and I was just that's where I was and Mm. and uh yeah it wasn't that I I wasn't given the option to move Mm. around it so I, I was just there and I yeah, I think um, I just kind of let whatever sounds are coming, like I just let them out, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was difficult, um, but it was, you're kind of at the height of it at that point, so you're just, you're ready, right? And it's really exciting, you know, like there's a point where the midwife said, like you can feel the baby's head, and that was incredible, and it's all just. Um, it's kind of an exciting moment, like even though it was quite intense. And yeah, just kind of one push at a time. And and I just remember it being very fast. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, it was so great. Like when, um, yeah, when he was born, it was just, it was actually such an incredible moment. It felt like a movie or something because right after he was born, 
this beautiful sunrise like disappeared out the window like one of the most beautiful sunrises you can imagine and it was such a peaceful place like you said I had like such a nice support team and here was this baby surrounded by all these people who love him and it was just like a wonderful experience a wonderful moment there was one really really minor thing um that happened and I didn't realize it at the time the midwife mentioned it after is that the baby had a cord wrapped around his neck and it's one of those things that I had heard stories of, of that before thinking that that was quite like a dangerous thing and I was really happy to learn about that um as being quite a normal thing mm. and quite typical yeah Mm, yeah it's it's you know it's just a normal thing that that can happen and Mm -hmm. the good thing about the cord is that you know it's um it's designed for that to to be able to happen and yeah it's very 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 rare that it would be any problem most babies just come out and you just untangle them sometimes the cord can be all around the whole body you know they've just been doing somersaults in there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's definitely nothing to to worry about. Yeah, yeah so that was great, um, and it, it was just encouraging for me to. And it's I think it's good to share that with others because I think some people have these concerns: what if this? What if that? And there can be these little things, but it's not always something to be very concerned about, right? And yeah, there's a picture. My doula had been taking photographs, so it wasn't a birth photographer, but. Mm-hmm. Just as like a bonus, she had took some photographs of that all that moment, and there's one where you can see the midwife had her thumb kind of underneath the cord, and then it wasn't long before she was just unraveling it, and he was happy, healthy, and it was great. Did he come straight up to your chest? Yeah, so that's um one of those things that again makes it so special it just felt so um like undisturbed Mm. in a way right like right away he's on my chest and you're smelling him hugging him and and yeah just that really really peaceful feeling I I really liked that I was in my home and there was no beeping and machines and like for me, that was just one of the things I really enjoyed about that moment. And um, I'm sure they gave me at least an hour. I think they call it the golden hour, right? Yeah. Sometimes, and, and I had that where it's just just me holding my baby. No one else is touching him. No need to do any tests on him or anything. It's just yeah. um, that bonding moment. Like, it's just beautiful. But peaceful. Peaceful is the word that I really use to describe that moment like right after he was born because you're just quiet you're in your comfortable environment and surrounded by the people that you want there like that was my experience and that was that was great and did you end up birthing your placenta in the bed as well um let me try to remember Uh, it's so funny because for me the placenta is always like, I don't remember it as well because I'm so focused on the baby, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it must have been. I think I was still on the bed. I don't remember moving from the bed. And that all went very smooth. It, was, it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't painful. And it was, it was perfectly 
fine, like almost to the point that I don't really remember it. Yeah, it obviously it was no drama with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um it was just great. And and what made it or yeah, not what made it great, but the fact that it was so great was what made my second pregnancy and and my second birth plan so great because we had seen we'd had this beautiful experience and seen how you know how the midwife can just handle stuff so well and so there was no question in my mind when I got pregnant with my second a couple years later that we were going to plan for a home birth this time and I didn't get any pushback from anybody at that point I think I think after having seen it and having seen how how smooth it had gone and how you know, because even in, like, I think some people might imagine that it, it that would be very, maybe panicky or chaotic because we weren't planning it at home, right? So, like, maybe it was kind of um, like a a scary situation or something. It was like the complete opposite. And I know for for my mom, she really commented on how amazing mm-hmm. the midwife was, like how at ease she was and that really started to change her mind about it so yeah so when we said we wanted the second one to be at home it was just um that was just what we were going to do and there was nobody um questioning us or (laughs) or trying to encourage us to do otherwise so so that's that was the plan so yeah so with my second the pregnancy was interesting because I had I had pretty bad morning sickness with both of my babies but it's so much harder with the second because you have like a little toddler to look after this time around so that that was tough that was really tough and just as a side note I think like we have talked about if we want to expand our family in the future and we, we think we may want more children we'll probably look at adopting instead of having another pregnancy and a big reason for me is that the pregnancy was like quite difficult it's it's hard like being sick for an extended period of time like that, right? Yeah. So, Did you have morning sickness for most of your pregnancy or Yeah, it was like it was well over half the time. I think around mm. like five months both times is when it I really felt it ease off and felt more like a human being again. Did you get diagnosed with hyperemesis? I didn't. Mm. No. No, I just um I just I I was never vomiting very much I oh, just always just felt feeling. nauseous mm. yeah. yeah that's hard enough too isn't it yeah it is mm. yeah just going through your day and kind of being expected to to work and look mm-hmm. after this you know another another little kid and it's really hard it's hard to keep up with all that stuff when you're not feeling well mm. yeah we really need a, a world that honors and values mothers for being pregnant that yeah. that is a full-time job and that mm-hmm. it should be not a financial you know that we need to work but that it actually is a choice some women obviously can go through pregnancy and not have any issues and be able to work through the whole time and and not really be bothered and some are really compromised and that it should be a choice I think for all women all childbearing women to to work or not and if they can't for any reason that our you know society supports mothers to then you know Mm -hmm. really be that full-time job as as caring a child 
I agree. It, it is a lot of work. It's, mm. it's very taxing on the body and, and it, it can be very enjoyable too. And I, I, I did enjoy like the second half of my pregnancies. I really, I loved feeling the baby moving. That was like my favorite part. I love mm. being able to feel it from the inside. It's just such a cool feeling. And yeah, I, 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 I'm happy with what my body is able to do. And I'm, you know, I'm proud of, proud of what I've been able to do. Mm. Um, but, but I agree with you. Like it's, we, we have this expectation on women that they should be able to perform at a hundred percent, even no matter if they're going through whatever it is, it could be before the baby or after the baby, but there's all kinds Mm. of different struggles they might be having. And, and it's still like, um, why aren't you like coping better? <laughs> why aren't you being able to keep up with everything like perfectly? And that's just a, a crazy expectation. Crazy. Absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want a natural birth, Mama? then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. getting back to sort of the second pregnancy and leading up to the birth. Yeah, it was a, it was a great, um, it was a great thing that we, we knew we were planning for home birth again. So we were able to prepare a little bit better and we had gathered some supplies, things you need. And we, we rented a birth pool. I was really hoping to have a water birth Mm. this time. I'd heard great stories about that and, and um, yeah, and luckily that's what ended up happening. So we had this birth pool set up in our in our um, dining room, like where normally where the kitchen table goes. <laughs> that was just kind of the room that seemed like it was going to be the best. And yeah, we were just all ready to go, and I was I felt really prepared, really comfortable. I had the same team of midwives. It was two of them that worked together, and um, so I was really familiar with them. And that that's something that was important to me is having a relationship with the people who are going to be taking care of me. Um, yeah. And I think like, you're not, you're not crazy if that's just something that's important to you. 
either because like it's such an intimate experience and you want you want to be able to trust the people who are there you want to feel comfortable with the people who are there they're going to be seeing you at what's your most vulnerable stage right so um I think that can really throw throw off the the feeling in the room if if you've got someone intruding or if it feels like they're intruding right if it feels like someone that that you don't feel safe with yeah and so I was really happy I, I felt so comfortable with them I felt they really just honored my choices they really walked me through I, I always felt like I had a decision to make and it was mine to make and they would just give me information. So it, just on any, anything that um, you'll find around the birth, like, do you want to, there's like a vitamin K injection or, or anti, antibiotic eye ointment for the baby. Um, and it's, it was really like, here's the information and it's up to you to decide if you want it. I, I really like that approach. I've talked to some other women who have said that they didn't even really know they had an option. It was just kind of the standard thing that happened in the hospital and it's just what they do. They don't really talk you through it or. Yeah. Well, that's so wrong. You know, there, that is so wrong. You should always have an informed, you know, decision-making going on with that. And to me, it's, it's crazy. I don't understand the, antibiotic ointment for the eyes that um north america does yeah i I, I don't understand it at all um and it's not done here in australia and um gosh the overuse of antibiotics anyways in our culture and then every baby getting that at birth i oh to me it's absolutely nuts no reason no reason yeah and i've talked to so many women about that especially that the eye ointment i it sparked a big conversation on my instagram page a while ago (laughs) because i was curious um because someone told me that it's totally optional but then i had talked to these people who had said it just happened without them asking me so Mm -hmm. there's like a disconnect right like it's like hey is it optional or it's only really optional if women know that they have an option yeah yeah absolutely and so it kind of goes for everything, like around the pregnancy, birth, and after. It's like we deserve choices, like we and we should be, feel comfortable with the choice. We should feel that we've been informed, mm-hmm. like you said, like, and that means given the risks, the benefits, and mm-hmm. feel that we really understand, so that we can feel confident when we make that decision for ourselves, right? I think the most important thing for all women listening to this to know is that you always have to give an informed consent. Otherwise, it's illegal. Like That is an illegal practice. They're not allowed to do mm-hmm. that, right? So um, even if someone doesn't give you the benefits and the risks of something, then you need to take responsibility and ask. Yes, and I think that's yes. what it comes down to. For women to reclaim their sovereignty in the birth space or in pregnancy or in motherhood, any really in life is be you know ask the questions and make sure that you understand why something is being offered to you and understand that it's always an option it's always a choice you are a sovereign human being no one can do anything to you or your baby without your consent and they shouldn't because then they're in the wrong they are doing Mm -hmm. something wrong Mm. oh yeah I could not agree more and I really really encourage people to take responsibility for themselves like take the initiative 
to learn about this stuff before before you're in mm-hmm. the position of like you're in the middle of giving birth and then you're finding out about some of this stuff and yeah there's lots of that stuff that will come up like right away like right after Mm. Um, like there's a there's a shot that they can give you to help the placenta come out mm-hmm. yes. and that's one that I had not um, really looked into before I felt like it just kind of came up at the moment and I just said okay and I hadn't really looked at mm. it and maybe I would have made that decision anyway but the point is I wish I had known earlier so I could have mm. given it that's something yes that's definitely something that a midwife should speak to you about or if you're in the hospital you know doctors um you know antenatally during your pregnancy that's something that I always do is talk to women about that mm-hmm. you know around their 36 week appointment we have a birth plan meeting and we discuss you know everything that's going to happen around birth and the different choices and options and different you know scenarios mm-hmm. that can happen and what we would do and not do and and what are choices are and that is a big one you know the third stage it's called you know birth of placenta you have the physiological one which is the natural one where we just allow the placenta to come when placenta is ready and we wait up to an hour for that to happen and you know depending on you know which practice you're in and and their guidelines it might be even longer it all depends Mm -hmm. on who you're going with and and then you have the active one which is the one you got which is the injection when the baby's born that yes. uh, helps the placenta to detach and, and there's an, a midwife or a doctor that actually helps manually um, birth the placenta or expel the placenta for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Pulling on the cords gently. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something that I feel like isn't discussed much, right? Because there's a lot mm. of focus on the baby. and But you should really make yourself aware of all the stuff that's going to come around the birth of the baby because there are there's a few things that you need to know your preferences mm-hmm. ahead of time mm-hmm. yeah so that you can just feel really like confident with it and just you know for sure what you want and your birth team knows what you want and then there's no there's no question or wondering or um looking back and wishing you might have done it a little differently yeah mm-hmm so let's dive into your second uh, labor yeah. birth. Tell us about how, what was the early signs of labor approaching for you with your second? So with my second, I remember we had gone out for dinner, my partner and I, and this is so funny, like it was like a nice date night and we went to this Italian restaurant and normally I would love to get like some dessert after, like they've got some great desserts, right? <laughs> and I just didn't really feel like having dessert. And I'm really like, I just listened to that. You know, I thought it was unusual. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was my body preparing me because I was just about <laughs> ready to start labor. And uh, yeah, maybe didn't want to like overeat or, or whatever my body was doing to prepare. So, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. So we came home and I was in this nesting mode. I don't know if you are familiar with Marie Kondo. She's like, she's... Um, she has a book and there's also a Netflix series about tidying up. So she talks about, it's like the life changing magic of tidying up because just getting your house in order and having a place for everything and how it like, it just helps you live a happier life and stuff. So I had been like kind of on a, a Marie Kondo kick and I was trying to clean everything. Cause I, I felt like I wanted things organized before the baby came. So that's what I, I was. I was in the process of, I had like, all of our papers, like picture like 
just like lease agreements and our insurance papers. Just like everything was all over our living room floor because I just wanted to get this done before the baby came. <laughs> I was like just obsessed. And I just, I started feeling like a little bit crampy. And I wasn't sure yet. I thought something's going on. Um, but I don't know if this means like labor's starting like right now. So just paying attention to that. I was trying to just continue on with what I was doing. And the second time around, I was really on high alert because the first one had gone quick, like a lot quicker than I expected. And they say that the second one can tend to be a little bit shorter than the first. So I kind of had that in my mind. I, I didn't want to have any expectations, but I thought, well, I should be ready, like ready to call the doula in case, you know, and my doula, she had just been attending a birth that was like, I think it was over 24 hours she was there and it was like the day before this. And so I was like, I didn't want to call her right away, but I, as things kind of started picking up and I was realizing like, yeah, these are definitely contractions and we were timing them and they were starting to get regular. I called her. I was just like, I, you know, I think I need you. And I'm sorry. Cause I think she had only had five hours of sleep between this like past birth that she was just at. And that's, that's the life of a, a midwife and a doula, right? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So she was, I mean, she was more than happy and yeah, she's like, okay, I'm on my way. So she came this time I had called also my mom and my brother. And then, and that's something kind of unique to this um, labor is that I had my brother there. A lot of people prefer, you know, women only in their birth space. And I just, really felt like I wanted my brother to be there he's a safe person for me and um yeah no regrets like he gave me he was very respectful with giving me some space and he wasn't you know like especially like when it was kind of getting more closer he would he kind of kept his distance Mm -hmm. just out of respect I think um but I was really happy to have him there what a gift for him yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought this would mean a lot to him um, to be able to witness that. I, I think being able to witness birth is mm. a gift, as you say. I think it's really special. And uh, not everyone, you know, has that like honor and privilege, but it's pretty, pretty cool and probably pretty memorable Yeah, when you get to experience that. And so I had my, my support team there again and um, but kind of as everyone started showing up to the house and I, I, you know, I'd rang the bell saying, you know, it's labor starting and my, my contractions started to slow down a little bit and they were not super regular and that kind of confused me. And I think I was a little bit stressed out about it. I was trying to relax, but I thought, what does this mean? Like, does it, you know, is this false labor and you're trying to figure out what's going on? And then I don't know, I think it, I think I just got the idea. I think it was my idea or my doula might've suggested. I think, well, I think my doula suggested, why don't we just stop timing contractions for a little while and just stop focusing on that. Yeah. And I got the idea. I said, let's, let's put on like a movie. So we just, um, at this point it was like two in the morning, I think. So when did contraction, contraction start this time? It might've been around like 
9 p.m. And then we kind of called everyone there, you know, a few hours later. And then, and then, so around 2 p.m. or 2 a.m., I remember we're like, hey, let's just start a movie and just kind of see what happens with this, if it's going to stop or if it's going to pick up. And we put on the movie Titanic, <laughs> which is great because it's a really, really long movie. <laughs> and uh, we just, we were all sitting in the dark in my living room. And I think my brother and my boyfriend sort of passed out on the couch. And <laughs> my son was sleeping like downstairs. So it was all very quiet and we were just, it was very relaxed and just watching this movie and it was kind of like magic. Like as soon as it was like when we kind of put the pressure off, yeah, stopped focusing on it, mm. my contractions started up again and they started getting stronger. Isn't yeah. it, isn't it just so fascinating? I mean, I just, it, to me, just <laughs> my, you know, it whispers in my mind right now, like, you know, your, your uterus is shy you know she's yeah you know and and the cervix is shy and it's true like she is so shy like she needs to feel fully relaxed fully safe to open and that is that is truly you know true and so it's so important and even you know it's it's so beautiful that you mentioned that even at home you can have the pressure on you know it it doesn't just happen in hospital for example right and and it, it is your internal you know, reaction to the external. So that can be, you know, some people can really relax and trust in a very chaotic environment or in whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, and for some, they're really sensitive. And we're just, oh, it's so, I love that. I love that you said that. And it just to me, it was like, yes, she's shy. And now, yeah. you know, everyone fell asleep and then she could go, oh, no one's watching. I can open, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I love that. The uterus is shy. <laughs> yeah, mine is, I guess. <laughs> And yeah, I had to just kind of like put myself in a little corner and I was sort of leaning over a chair, like the seat of the chair. So I was kind of on my knees with my arms up on the seat of the chair. And I would just kind of lift myself up in a way and kind of sway my hips back and forth. And and I was really just like on my own, doing my own thing. My doula wasn't even around really. She was just taking note, like she was noticing and she could she could tell when because there gets to a point, your contractions start and there's time, there's the time when you can sort of talk through it or you can at least, um, you know, you can kind of focus on other things at the same time. And then it kind of switches over to when you need to kind of put all your focus into the contraction and you, you kind of quiet down. And so she was noticing that that's what was happening and that it was like starting to get somewhere. Mm. And yeah. Um, I just, I like what you said about that. It's like, I, I did, I needed that pressure off and I just needed like maybe a little privacy in a sense. And it, like the room was dark and it, my body just felt more comfortable that way and it got things moving. So yeah, so it's, it picked up, contractions were, you know, getting regular and there was no question anymore at that point. Like this was established labor and um, was the movie kind of like, over by then? <laughs> the movie, it was funny. We were all joking. Like, my brother was saying we should take bets on, like, which scene in the movie is, like, the baby going to be born on. <laughs> but the movie started wrapping up. Yeah, like, I think it was around 6 a.m. Like, sun was starting to come up. And um, Sean, my 
my partner, he called in sick to work, like, or not, he didn't call him sick. He just called in to say <laughs> he's not coming to work <laughs> um, because we're having a baby. And we called the midwife. We felt like it was time the way the contractions were. And so she, she ended up coming pretty quick. I'd say, I don't know, like maybe within the hour or something. And then the big thing and the big difference with this one is my water hadn't broken yet. And, um, you know, my midwife, she did a check on me and she, I forget where I, I think I was at like five or six or maybe like six to seven centimeters dilated. And she's, she kind of had this feeling like, I really feel like once the water breaks, that's gonna, you know, like clear the way (laughs) for this. And so then the focus really became like the focus became on when's the water going to break and how is it going to break? And so we were, we were just trying to move it along. I was trying to, I felt like I wanted the water to break soon. And, um, uh, there was one point, I think I, we did fill up the birth pool and I got in and the contraction started slowing down again. And that's one of those things I've heard that can happen if you go in too soon. And yeah, I did. So, um, it was still nice and comfortable. It was kind of like a little break for me, but then we all kind of felt like, okay, I want to try to get these, these waters to break. So mm-hmm. I remember we started kind of doing like lunges up and down the stairs <laughs> and trying these different things. And I did think I, I, and it was totally like, it wasn't anyone else pressuring me. I just thought I might want to get the midwife to break the water mm. for me. And she said, okay, like we can think about doing that, but why don't you just try sitting on the toilet and mm. just try like really bearing down with the contraction. Mm. And it was like a, <laughs> two or three contractions in and it, yeah, the water like burst and everyone heard the big splash. And <laughs> it was, uh, and that was like, that just switched gears. Like everything all of a sudden like got really uncomfortable, really Mm. intense like I because the baby's head was like moving right down and there was no cushion anymore right no (laughs) cushioning yep (laughs) and I remember I was like kind of like whoa because I was like feeling all these things but I remember my doula and my midwife were all excited because they (laughs) there was some bloody show and that for them that's like this exciting (laughs) I remember them like kind of smiling and I was just like breathing and like coping (laughs) And, like, I was happy. I just couldn't, like, show it the way they could. <laughs> um, so then they were like, okay, let's, like, how about we get in the pool now? And it was really, really fast, again, after that point. Um, so this was, yeah, early morning, and I got in the water, and I was just sort of, like, unsure again. Like, I, I guess I just... I don't know. I think, I think it was a little bit more, I was a little bit more, um, exhausted. This had taken longer than my first one. So I was like, I was a bit tired and I was a bit like the pain had come on really strong all of a sudden Mm -hmm. with that water breaking. And I just felt this like huge pressure. And I was sort of wondering like, uh, like, I don't know, am I supposed to push soon? Or like, even though with the first one, I was saying, your body will tell you when to push. But with this one, I think I was just feeling like a little bit unsure in that moment. It just, it kind of all felt like really 
strong and um but yeah everyone just said you know just your body will tell you just listen um to to when you're ready for that and and it it didn't take long and um and it's funny because like I just started feeling that need to push and it was so sweet too my my son had just woken up so he was like two and a half he had come up and and I was really happy to have him there. And he came, they, they kind of said, why don't you go hold mommy's hand? And so, so my partner and my son, they were like holding my hand. And I was just feeling that really, really strong pressure and urge to push. And that first push, and I really remember using sound this time around. I, it was like a roar. Like I, I felt like it was like a real roar. And, and then I like felt down and like the head was out it was the first push and I was like, I like announced to everybody who's there. I was like the heads out and they were all like, what? It was like, I think it was quite sudden, but it was just like, it kind of all came up to this big, you know, moment. And then, and then the head just like came out really fast and, and, uh, okay. They were just like, okay, you know, just with the next contraction, just push again. And, and for me, I just didn't, I didn't feel the next contraction coming and I don't know if it was, I was just like, I don't know if I was just not being patient enough, not waiting yeah. for it sometimes or what, but it, there's a big, yeah. Sometimes there's a big pause. Yeah. yeah for me mm. there was. And so th- that was like kind of worrying me in a way I was, I was just kind of saying to the midwife, like, I, I don't feel the other contraction coming. Like, I don't know what to do. And so then she so okay like I'll, I'll help you a little bit because they were really hands-off before which I love um but then I was I was kind of indicating that I I wanted some help so then she's like okay so she kind of like grabbed the head and like helped me push the body out and um it was yeah it was really quick and and there she was um out of the water and and then with my daughter she uh, wasn't taking her first breath right away so it was like this big exciting moment where you see her and you're kind of hoping to hear the cry and they're rubbing the back and she wasn't she had too much fluid left in her her lungs I guess and yeah um, sometimes when it's such a quick birth I just want to mention that for anyone listening that mm-hmm. can happen and it sounded like it was really quick in a sense it wasn't quick until the waters broke and that can happen mm-hmm. sometimes right when you're ha- you've had previous babies the the head and everything you know can be a bit more you know higher until that happens and then poof you know and then poof when the baby's born yeah. and it sounds like it was pretty <laughs> quick in the end yes. and she might have not gotten that squeeze out you know you said that the head just plopped out and you know it sounded like maybe she didn't really get that real squeeze that babies do get when they're a bit longer in the birth canal Yes. Um, and also sometimes water babies can be quite um, chilled as well. They, you know, it can take them a while to take the first breath. It can take 30 seconds, a minute, you know, for them to, because the cord is still pulsating, they're still getting the oxygen and all of that. And, mm. um, and they just kind of, you know, can be quite alert, but not take a breath. So you said that she was, she still had some water in her lungs potentially or a little bit. Yeah, and so that's what they they kind of determined that really quickly. Like you know, they're just kind of checking on her, and um, they got the the suction thing mm-hmm. out. So they did a little bit of resuscitation on her, and and then 
it took uh it actually took three whole minutes for her so it was it was again it was like this thing that I realized you know midwives can handle so many things because, mm, absolutely and when yeah. you say that was that was she still on your chest was the cord still attached or what how was the procedure yeah so she was out and I and the placenta had not come out yet so she was still attached and they at first they got me to hold her kind of laying like on her back but like in the water mm. and they had their suction thing and they were suctioning and we still weren't hearing that breath so they said okay we're gonna get you out of the water and it's funny how quickly you can like leap up when you <laughs> when you need to because I don't know <laughs> I, I I've thought about that afterwards like I just had a baby like I don't know how easy it is to just like hop up out of a pool but I just hop right <laughs> Women are amazing. And that's the thing when you had a natural birth is, you know, most women, yeah, you can just, yeah, you're fine. You just get out you just walk. You, you know, you're oh, yeah. not, yeah, you're not disabled, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was, I was mobile. So yeah. So they, they, they moved me over. We had this little like bed set up kind of for me to rest afterwards. And, and they just kept sectioning and yeah, finally, all this fluid like just started coming out and she was like coughing up this all this fluid and I was sort of like throwing up a little bit like some of this fluid but so it, it became really clear it's like what you said it was just that I I hadn't spent much time pushing and so mm. it just hadn't like cleared that airway really well for her yeah but like I've said this about about what happened is I like I did feel scared like I, I don't want to mislead anyone like I felt scared but I also felt like we were in good hands like yeah. I felt like it I felt like it was being taken care of mm. you know I, I didn't um like not once did I think oh like we shouldn't have been at home or something like it was perfectly taken care of they knew exactly what they were doing and it, it made me feel really at ease and mm. um yeah and I would I would go on to have another home birth if I was to have another one so it wasn't the kind of thing where you know, I, I think some people think, um, like, they just get so worried about the safety of the baby, mm. right? And, and, oh, this could happen and that could happen. And, but, like, something did happen and, and then it was fine. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, um, you know, around 10% of babies will need some help to breathe because of that reason maybe they weren't squished enough and, you know, they just need some help to expand their lungs, yeah? And mm. we can do that anywhere. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. at home in a birth center in the hospital on the side of the road in the shower right. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah you know it's we don't need a lot of equipment and, and midwives carry that and mm -hmm. and um and usually it's just like you experience just a few minutes can be just one minute it just can be a bit of air needing to you know inflate the lungs or yeah mm -hmm. so or it's just some stimulation and yeah so mm -hmm. most babies will not need much to actually because they're so primed for life, right? They're such, right. they're so ready to live. They have so yes. many reserves for that, right? And also when they come out and they don't breathe at once, the cord most likely still pulsating. And some cords pulsate five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, even 50 minutes, you know, that it's usually only a few minutes, but some cords will continue. And especially if the baby hasn't started breathing, it's like the communication still happens somehow from the placenta, mm -hmm. you know, that's attached still you know, to you that it's still pumping that oxygen through the navel, right? So nature is so clever. 
Oh, it's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I love hearing these little tidbits because it's just, yeah, our bodies, like, know so much more than we give it credit for, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, it's going to, like, it's going to do whatever it can to protect the baby. Like, it's it's designed mm-hmm. that way. It's going to mm-hmm. do as much as it can, right? So it's really incredible. And one of my favorite parts about that story and that moment of the story is that, like, when when they were um, – resuscitating her or sectioning her she was holding on to my finger and I think it's so cool like she held on to my hand before she ever took her first breath which I think is like a really special part of her birth story and I felt like she like yeah she was communicating to me in some way this baby who had just been born like not 30 seconds ago was like Mm -hmm. holding on it was so it was so sweet like I felt like she just knew like that I was her mom like it was just it was really really sweet special so it sounds to me that the only thing that she didn't do was take that breath really quickly which is really you know that can happen but she had good tone she obviously had muscle strength she was hugging you know that's a really good (laughs) sign she seemed like you know she was quite alert and and there it's just that she was probably still getting that oxygen through the cord and she was you know pretty mm-hmm. calm probably from also being born in water and there's yeah, so many different so. elements to why a baby take a while yeah. sometimes yeah and yeah and she was again just like perfectly healthy and and both of them like they were just they've just mm-hmm. been thriving like since birth and it's great to see and I think it was such a good start to life mm. both of them and and it was it was really meaningful to me too. I always want to mention that too. Like, you know, we're always concerned that the babies are okay and <laughs> they're healthy and happy, but the moms too. Like, we, I'm just really glad I got to have those experiences. It was, it would have been so different in a different setting. I'm sure, and it, I, I can't know for sure exactly how it would have gone or what would have happened, but, but I just know that the way that my two births went, it was really meaningful to me and it was um like just really big moments in my life and like had a big impact on me I'm really happy it went that way how do you feel like they impacted you well um it's (laughs) it's pushed me to want to help other women like serve other women in a way by sharing about my experiences and um like like a lot of the stuff that we touched on in this conversation, I just I want to encourage moms to take um, you know more initiative and like know that they have more control than they might realize and make sure that they're making decisions that really work for them. Mm. I yeah I just I have this like I just feel this calling to really help people and and give them confidence. I, I think a lot of people, a lot of women grow up feeling really afraid of birth. Yeah. Um, feeling like it's going to be scary or difficult or, um, I don't know, like they, there's like, they almost expect it, right? Like it's, mm. and they feel like it's the only way to go about it yeah. and they don't realize all the choices. So, so that's where I'm coming from. It's like, I really want people to know they do have choices and, you can't control everything, but, but what can you, like, what can you control and where, where Mm. do you have options? And like, 
you should know that so that you you feel like you're you're taking charge of it yeah beautiful if you had a first time mommy in front of you right now who's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience what advice or pearls of wisdom would you give to her the first i would say was the best advice that was ever given to me by another mom um, is trust your intuition, trust your instincts as a mother, because I think sometimes um, first time moms, especially think, you know, they don't know what to do because they haven't done this before, but you'd be amazed at how much you just know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that goes for the birth and that goes for after the birth, like taking care of the baby and really like connecting with the baby's needs. It's like, trust your instincts, because I think you'll hear all kinds of advice, unsolicited advice, and people want to share their horror stories, and people want to tell you how you have, you should do it, and, and you're going to hear a lot of that stuff. And I think one of the things I'd want the new mom to know is just, you've got to do what works for you and your family okay. and your baby, because... Um, yeah, you can't. You shouldn't be making your decisions off of someone else's opinion. Yeah, absolutely, that is so true. And to actively say no to the horror stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one. Like I, I do think, um, I think people who've had like a traumatic birth, they feel triggered. I think sometimes, like when they see a, a pregnant person or they want to. I don't know they always want to like seem like to want to share their yeah. stories and like I think there's a time and a place for that yeah. and I think like if you've had a traumatic birth it's good to sh- it's good to talk about it mm, with absolutely. you know safe circles but like to mm. to the newly pregnant women like it's maybe not helpful <laughs> to them yeah. and and there and if you've had a traumatic birth you your circumstances could be totally different than what this new time mom or first time mom is is going to be going through. Absolutely. And, and so yeah, so if you are the first time mom hearing that, you have to remember that that like their story is not your story. And mm. they might have had different things leading up to theirs that will be totally different than yours. And it, mm. it's it's a separate thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is so important that women who've had a traumatic birth and you know fortunately it is it is way too common. It's way mm-hmm. too common in our society, in our over-medicalized society. Yeah. And I believe many women who listen to this podcast might have had her first birth, might have been um, maybe not the greatest experience, and then maybe she had a better experience, or maybe now she's pregnant and wants to have a better experience, and she's actively educating herself and, and trying to inform herself. And to you, I want to say it's really, really important to actually – um, work through your birth trauma if you have it and um, there are so many ways you can do that um, I for example help women coach I coach them through healing their birth trauma and and we do birth debriefing to prepare her for her second or third or upcoming birth wherever birth that is and it's really important and not to because it does trigger as you see other women maybe getting pregnant or coming closer to their birth and you a part of you wants to warn them right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's not helpful to share obviously with other women your horror story because it is unique to you 
um, and your circumstances and you need to work through that yourself to heal that because if you need if you have the need to share with other women and it's not healed for you then it's something that's active and, and you're reactive in that space within so yeah for for yourself and for if you are going to have another baby you can reach out to me or go back to your birth you know care provider or doctor and and ask for a birth debrief and and try to heal this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and unfortunately you're you're too right on that that a lot of people don't don't look into this stuff until after they've maybe had a bad experience with it and that's why I think your podcast is so great in getting the message out to people who are are interested in this Mm. um to yeah to like empower yourself beforehand if you can Mm. or at least or before your next pregnancy mm. and uh not not wait until you've kind of been like put through the Mm-mm. ringer right <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah so like it's like as early as you can like it's just it's just getting yourself knowledgeable and it, it's just getting yourself um familiar with like what you really want like you you gotta you gotta look into this stuff and then decide for yourself like what what am I after here thank you so much for coming on the natural birth podcast and sharing your beautiful birth wisdom with us it's been a pleasure having having me (laughs) i really enjoyed it thank you so much thank you thank you for listening if you love this podcast then please share it grade it on itunes and leave a comment If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.